1: Welcome to a special crossover episode of the Wolverine Confidential and Spartan Confidential podcast. I am Andrew Kahn from Wolverine Confidential. And I'm Kyle Austin from Spartan Confidential. And we will be talking all things Michigan and Michigan State men's basketball with the two rivals set to meet twice this week to close the regular season. How they got here, what to expect in the games, and more. Let's do this. All right, Kyle. This is this is just so confidential. The confidentiality here. I, I can't believe double secret confidentiality. I, I can't believe we're even yeah. going to share some of this stuff. <laughs> but yeah, crossover episode. I can't say I've I've watched a show, a television show, with a crossover episode, but I've certainly seen commercials for them. <laughs> Ch- Chicago Fire and Med, and and I think Law and Order SVU does it. But here, here we are doing it uh, in podcast form. Because Michigan and Michigan State, the men's basketball teams, will meet twice to close the regular season. Thursday night, 7 o'clock at Chrysler Center in Ann Arbor. And then Sunday, it's a 4.30 tip. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Uh, at, at the Breslin Center in East Lansing. So, yeah, for, for a good chunk of this season, it kind of looked like maybe these games wouldn't be all that competitive. Michigan was just playing mm-hmm. so, so well, and Michigan State was not. But, uh, you know, two wins over top five teams last week. Uh, in, in Illinois and Ohio State, and then you know beating Indiana on, on Tuesday night, fourth win in five games. Suddenly, you know the Spartans have a have a real shot at the NCAA tournament. I guess, Kyle, my question for you is how have they done it? How have they turned it around?
0: You know, I, a number of things, you know, I I think you just start with their best players are playing better, which sounds very simple, but like Aaron Henry is just looking like a guy who kind of making that turn towards the end of, uh, end of his season, possibly end of his career. If he go to the NBA, a guy who wants the ball in his hands a lot. Um, Josh Langford has kind of come around, you know, we weren't really sure what to expect out of him, missed a season and a half with foot injuries Really was slow to come around, you know, didn't do much in November, December, got COVID in January. That set him back even more. But he's finally starting to, um, you know, he's not what he was as a freshman. He's 22 years old, coming off multiple injuries, but he's given them uh, a lot. And, And Tom Izzo has kind of tightened the rotation. And that's something that Michigan State fans were screaming at him for a while to do. You know, they were playing 10, 11 guys a lot of nights. Nobody really seeing big minutes. Just kind of this constant search for for combinations, and it, it, they were disjointed, and nobody seemed to know what to expect on um, any given night. And finally, the last couple of weeks, it seems like they've said, "All right, we're gonna take our three best guys and play them 35 minutes a night." And I, I think they kind of just made the simple choice there, and, it, and it's helped out a lot. And those best guys have played well and. They haven't solved their point guard issues. That's probably been the biggest problem, but I think they've kind of admitted that they don't have a point guard. And, you know, they've had Aaron Henry and Joshua Langford kind of split those duties a little bit. Neither of them are a point guard, but they're experienced guys who know what they're doing. So they're kind of making that work. So, you know, kind of a lot of different things. And then, you know, they felt the pressure of turning it around. This is a program that's been to 22 straight NCAA tournaments and that's a big deal. Uh, any slanting as any Michigan State fan knows and um, players will tell you you don't want to be part of the group that that breaks the streak they saw their record they were 10 and 9 at one point I think they knew they really needed to step on the gas pedal and I I don't think we should we should underestimate what a role what type of role that played in in this whole turnaround
1: absolutely yeah I remember seeing a lot of you know jokes about the the NIT with Mm Michigan you know some of the blue bloods that were looking to be in that Michigan State and and maybe Duke and Kentucky and things like that. But yeah, Michigan State, you know, as as much as any of them has, has turned it around, you know, Michigan was just, you know, again, they're, they're number two in the country right now, uh, you know, in, in both the AP poll and, you know, on Ken Palm and the net rankings from the NCAA, at least, at least yesterday, they were you know, but did did just lose their most recent game Tuesday night uh, at home to Illinois. Absolutely clobbered. Uh, I don't know. Give give Michigan credit when they lose. They they get their money. <laughs> um, you know, there are two losses this season at Minnesota 75 57. And then, you know, Tuesday night against Illinois 76 53. This one. It was was close enough early on just because uh, Illinois wasn't really scoring either. Both teams kind of locked in a defensive struggle. But then, you know, Illinois picked it up and Michigan just never found a rhythm. lowest point total of the season, lowest shooting percentage of the season, worst three-point shooting as far as just number of attempts. They only had seven, uh, only made two of them, only had four assists. So Illinois defensively just absolutely took Michigan out of everything it wanted to do. Franz Wagner. he scored 21 in each of the last two games. He scores, uh, the first points of the game and then not again, uh, hmm. Hunter Dickinson, a one for eight line from the field. So yeah, just really, really, no one was able to do, do much of anything for Michigan offensively. And then, you know, at the other end, they, they struggled to rebound. Um, it just absolutely did not look anything like, you know, the Michigan team, you know, that, uh, that they look like for, for most all of the season. So that's a little, a little troubling here going into, you know, the rivalry uh, matchups here, but that's where, that's where things stand for Michigan. So as far as, you know, specific matchups for, for these two games uh, you know, I guess it'd be helpful to kind of, for you to tell us what has made Michigan state better these last few weeks you know, I guess, offensively and defensively? Because what I've seen from, from afar is a team that is just absolutely playing through Aaron Henry, you know, without without the point guard, like you said, um, maybe some smaller lineups, things like that. What what are kind of the, yeah, the X's and O's for, for Michigan State lately?
0: Yeah, so their their game against Indiana, not their one this week, but the, the previous one, February 20th, I think it was. Second half, they went small, really, for the first time. Um, and that seemed to be like when everything really clicked for them. And, and small meant Gabe Brown, um, in the lineup instead of okay. Joey Hauser, for the most part. More perimeter-oriented, um, you know, smaller, longer, faster. And that group can that group can run. Gabe Brown's a good shooter, athletic. So that's really helped them. And they've gotten matchups, I think, since then, where they can get away with that. Like, they went right into Illinois after that. Um, and Illinois is basically mm-hmm. Kofi and a bunch of guards. So that worked, that worked for them. Ohio State, they made it work. I think they got lucky that Kyle Young was out for that. But I mean, this is going to be my biggest question going in. Is Michigan uh, is not small, um, especially on the perimeter. So, like, if you're going to have a small four man, like who who's going to guard Franz Wagner? You know, Franz Wagner sits nine um, That's going to be ten pounds and at least an inch um, on anybody in Michigan State's best lineup. Um, um, obviously, Hunter Dickinson's a problem too. But um, do they have to go a little bit bigger? I guess and get Malik Hall or a Joey Hauser in there, Um, probably more Malik Hall, because he's the better defender. I I would guess that we probably probably see a little bit more of that. You know, Malik Hall is 225. He's going to be able to probably hold his own a little bit better there. So it's, you know, how much kind of offense do you – do take yourself out of your best offensive lineup uh, to be able to, um, to to do okay defensively? And I, I know he had a bad game last night, but I, you know, I think what, what Franz Wagner has done recently for Michigan would certainly give you a lot of pause if you're, if you're preparing for them right now.
1: Right. So yeah, Michigan is, I mean, they're, they're normal or even undersized, I guess, truly in the backcourt, you know, their, their point guard, Mike Smith is he's listed at five eleven. Again, you know, this has been an odd year mm-hmm. where um, you know, I, I've mm-hmm. never, I've never met any of the new players in, in <laughs> Truly, you know, in person and stood next to them to kind of, you know, literally size them up. In some cases, you know, and 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 Eli Brooks back there, you know, six one, but the long arms. But yeah, uh, the the rest of the front line is just, you know, oversized. Um, you know, on the wings or right. the forwards, whatever you want to call them. Liver is six seven, Franz, like you said, six nine. He says he's six ten. Uh, he's about an eighth of an inch short of that, but you know, put on a lot of muscle in the offseason. So I don't know. If you're a Michigan state fan that that hasn't really watched Michigan much this year, you're you're gonna be surprised that you know how how much stronger mm-hmm. he looks. And then yeah, Hunter Dickinson at, you know. All right. seven, one, 255 pounds as their center. So yeah, I mean, I think those concerns you have are valid. Now, Illinois was able to not just get by, but obviously, as we talked about, dominate Michigan. You know, despite also being undersized, you, you mentioned it. You know, Kofi and a bunch of guards. That's what Illinois is, and yet, you know, their wings held up against uh, against Wagner and Livers. You know, shut them down for the most part. So you know, it, huh. it can be done. You know, those aren't guys that that love to to post up. You know, for you know, for Michigan. So it will be interesting. But, you know, Illinois also, you know, they were the, came in as the second best defense in the Big Ten behind Michigan, you know, right. up there in the top 10 nationally. Like Michigan State just has, throughout the season at least, has, has really not, not been elite like that. So, so we'll see. But yeah, I think, I think, yeah, those matchups and then, you know, at the, at the center position, it's always key because that's where, that's, yeah, I want to talk about Yeah, that absolutely. Because that's where it starts for, yeah. for pretty mm-hmm. much every team that, that plays Michigan. Like, what are you going to do for Hunter Dickinson. Mm -hmm. So do you see them double teaming him? And then obviously freeing up three point shooters or, or is there going to be one guy or multiple guys that try to try to slow him one-on-one?
0: So Michigan state, I mean, so so last year they had Xavier Tillman, right? Mm -hmm. defensive player of the year and he was such a luxury because he's a dude that you could put on all these good big men and he could hold his own um into a single team and give up some points sometimes but you really didn't have to help very much on him and I I think they got used to that and now they um they have had a revolving door of centers nobody really playing big minutes and they have really gone through the gamut of, of how to defend um all these big men you know from from Luca and Kofi and um, and all the other ones. And I, I think they're finally kind of starting to figure out what works for them uh, after le- giving up some really big games. Like Indiana, for example, Trace Jackson Davis dropped 34 on them the first game. Um, and last night, they held them to single digits. And and it, so they would try to first single coverage. That didn't work. They didn't have the guys They would do it. When they doubled, they were leaving shooters open way too much. Um, like that game they lost uh, to Iowa by 30 at home. I think Lucas scored like eight in that mm-hmm. game. But it's because they were doubling him and Iowa just hit three. And I'm assuming Michigan, you know, if you try to double Hunter Dickinson, it's just gonna light you up from three. Um, so I I to me they found the happy medium, which is kind of more digs and help mm-hmm. coverage and not really true true double teams. Like you see, um, and they did it with Trace Jackson Davis earlier um this week and it worked. You know, you you get your big on him. And after the catch, you know, a dribble or two, you, you have these guard just kind of down swiping at him, pestering him. And you're not really totally giving up the three, but you're making it a little bit more difficult. And obviously, Hunter Dickinson's a very high-level player. You know, that, that strategy cannot work for him. He might be able to, to counteract that a little bit better. But that seems to be what's worked for them. And they've gotten better. I, I think their big one-on-one, too, have gotten a little bit better at doing this. That they, they were walking fouls for a while. They've been able to stay a little bit more out of foul trouble. Uh, Julius Marbles, probably, for for a Michigan fan, for a name, he's been the guy starting. He's been a little bit better defensively. But I I don't, you know, I would put Hunter Dickinson up there uh, with anybody, uh, you know, in the Big Ten. Um, You know, Luke has certainly had um, his moments, but I I think Hunter Dickinson can do as much damage on you as anybody. So it'll be
1: interesting. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think Michigan probably probably wants you to double team. I mean, that was the problem with their first loss against Minnesota. They hadn't seen it much. You know, Dickinson's a freshman and they they got sped up a little bit and had some uncharacteristic turnovers and, and just couldn't find a rhythm. But, you know. Since then, they've really they've really figured it out. Um, so they play, you know, with four guys around him. They can all shoot. I mean, Michigan's 39 percent mm-hmm. from three on on the season. It's even a little bit better in in Big Ten play. You know, I, I mentioned Mike Smith. He's at he's at forty nine percent. Brooks back there with them thirty six percent. Ogner 37, Livers 45, yeah. you know, Shondy Brown off the bench at 39%. So yeah, they, you know, they can really shoot the three, all, all four guys around Dickinson. So, and, and Dickinson is a very, a very skilled passer. Um, You know, he's got, he's got good right. vision, good touch. He sees over guys. Yeah. So yeah, that's what Michigan wants to do. They want to, they want to keep the ball moving and get everyone involved. So if you're Michigan state, I think, yeah, if you, as much as you can try to make Michigan one dimensional offensively, you know, hope Dickinson doesn't go off for 30 plus, you know, that he doesn't have a, a, a great game and, you know, maybe misses some foul shots, things like that. You know, that's the plan. I But,
0: think. but the, you would, I, so Michigan State the first time they played Iowa, Lucas scored 30 on them um, and they had a shot to tie the game at the right. end. You know, they went on to Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis scores 34 and they win. So <laughs> uh, I, they certainly don't want Dickinson to score 30 points, but, um, as it, just always told us several times this year, if I can give up a three or I can give up a two, I'll give up the two. Right. Which means that a double team's the only thing here that would surprise me, like a true double team right. on him. They either just go single coverage, do their best, let him do what he does, and guard everybody else really well, or they do, like I said, kind of a kind of this dig, um, a little bit of help defense. Um, not a true double team sort of thing. But I it would not surprise me to see Hunter Dickinson have a very, very big night. That's if you're gonna give up something if you're Michigan State, I think that's what you give up.
1: And it's fun, you know, I remember the you know, the last Two or three years talking about you know these, these matchups and there's always usually Cassius Winston was the guy we were talking about at first from Michigan. How do they slow him? And, and you know then we we talk about it again when they played. There was of course the year they played you know three times, but you know this this year is just interest, especially you know kind of fun because it'll it'll happen. It'll be such a quick turnaround before they they do it again right. on Sunday. You know as far as like bigger picture, the kind of the, the stakes. Um, you know Michigan just needs they need one more win to clinch the big 10 regular season title. So it, it can happen against, you know, their rival on Thursday night at home. If they lose both of those games, they can still get it. If Illinois loses right. at Ohio state, which is, you know, a strong possibility on Saturday, but that's what's at stake for Michigan that, you know, then of course the number one seed in the big 10 tournament that comes with it. And, you know, potentially a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, which again, they kind of look like a in strong position to, to keep that sort of no matter what happens, but, Um, yeah, but, you know, kind of losing out, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be ideal for that for them? And then Michigan state, obviously there, they, they played themselves into the NCAA tournament picture. Where do kind of things stand for them right now?
0: You know, I I'm of the school of thought that they need one more win somewhere. They, they might, might, might be in right now. I wouldn't feel good about that. And you know, it's, it's so hard. I mean, the bubble is a moving target, right. right? Um, it's going to depend on what other things happen, but, um, I, I think that um, I think they need one more somewhere, whether it's upsetting Michigan in one of these or going down to Indy and winning one in the Big Ten tournament. And I think they would they would feel pretty good, you know, just given the strength in the um, in the Big Ten and, and how many teams they're going to get in. If they're going to get eight or nine in, I think Michigan State, or at least nine, and I think Michigan State would be one of those nine. And uh, it, it's funny talking about big picture. I put it to Michigan State fans last night when Michigan went down big. In the first half, I said, you know, if you're a Michigan State fan, like you want Michigan winning, right? Like you want them to be done with the Big Ten title by the time you're <laughs> playing. Like, like I know it's still a rivalry, and like there's not gonna be a lot off of it, but like you don't want them playing for a title too on top of everything. Mm-hmm. Not that they're gonna rest their starters or anything, but um. And I was immediately shouted down by a mob and we can't root for our our, <laughs> our um, But I I do think the fact that they're still gonna have a title on the line is gonna add something to this game and michigan state i mean they know they know that they're not quite in yet so i it's fun you know a couple weeks ago i would have said i wouldn't have thought michigan state we can be playing for anything Mm -hmm. so um the fact that they're playing for something um i think does make this more
1: interesting i I think you were spot on in that thinking regarding michigan in in another way too in that you know this was a true a wake-up call for them i mean talking to some of the players after the game i mean livers was was talking about you know maybe Maybe we were. Some guys were looking ahead to potentially to Michigan State and the Big Ten tournament and the NCA tournament, and who knows? Maybe even thinking Big Ten title. And you know, Io I you know, Can't remember if we've even mentioned that yet. But you know, he did not play for Illinois in that game. Michigan lost, uh, and that could have factored in. Two livers said, "Oh, you know, they're without their star. Like we're gonna we're gonna roll over them." I guess if they had <laughs> and kept that kept that streak going those thoughts definitely could have happened uh, again for Michigan state. Cause obviously a team that, you know, comes in, you know, sub, sub 500 in the big 10, you know, you, you, definitely could have those thoughts, but it's hard to imagine them, mm-hmm. them, you know, creeping up now, given what, what just happened, you know, by, by tip time, it'll be, you know, just 48 hours ago that they, that they suffered that loss. So yes, I think the, I,
0: I do want to talk I about, mean, you mentioned 48 hours. I think this is something else important to talk about with Michigan state. Um, I, I know at the end of the season, every team is, is playing a schedule, but Michigan State has six and 13, uh, six games, 13 days right now, Mm -hmm. Um, and four of those are against top five teams. If there's a more crowded and difficult schedule in the Big Ten or maybe even the country, I, I haven't seen it. And you combine that with the fact that, like I said earlier, they're shrinking their rotation and they're really relying on their horses this team is really exhausted mm-hmm. in, in a way that I have not seen a team that I cover really show it on the court. Um, they beat Indiana, but that was, that was an ugly game for any Michigan State fans listening that watch. That was fouls, turnovers, poor shooting. Um, Michigan State was lucky. to They wouldn't have beaten a lot of teams um, with that effort. Um, and, and Aaron Henry kind of found something and, and saved them down the stretch. But this is a team really, really running on fumes. And, and Thomas has been very open about that. They, they had the back-to-back wins against... Illinois and Ohio State in three days, I I think that took a ton out of them because they went to Maryland and and really kind of laid an egg there from the start. So I'll be curious to see how they come out. You know, it's a rivalry game. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's probably going to bring more energy. But, um, you know, this is just a team that's playing their best guys 36, 37 minutes a night every other night. um, in this meat grinder of a big 10. Um, It's just it's catching up to them. And I think that's pretty clear. And if if they if they look lethargic, I, I would not be shocked.
1: Um, on Thursday, well, we'll see how it plays out. Michigan, uh, opening as an 11 and point favorite, you know, at least in one of the books here that, you know, it's now <laughs> legal online here in the state of Michigan. I see Ken Palm has it as a, as a 15 point uh, edge from Michigan, 77, really? 62, Ooh. We'll we'll see. Uh, you know they'll do it on Thursday night in Ann Arbor, and again on Sunday uh, in East Lansing. Kyle and I will be there with coverage, previewing uh, during and after the game. So stay tuned for that. And thank you for listening.